Oh, violence does call me, I've answered before I've made many enemies and settled my scores But came a cry from a man that I'd known Someone to whom rare compassion I'd shown And so I opened up my door To the man who promised me blood and war For I craved violence, I craved to be free I'm Nikki, I'm the creator of Beholder to No One, and I will be the DM for this game. We are playing Tower of Souls, which was created by Kel, and it is a very, very, very dark game. <laughs> it's been compared to Dark Souls, just to give you an idea. People refer to those who embrace chaos as monsters, while those who fight against it are heralded as heroes. Yet chaos only wishes to be left alone, to grow and thrive and evolve, preventing the stagnation that comes from balance from consuming the known world. The Tower of Order dominates the skyline, hostile and imposing, its omnipotent presence casting its gaze over the nearby town of Zago. We trail its shadows, passing over the hundreds of bodies that litter the path only known as the Tower's Gaze, towards the place many call home. Over the crude and ill-shapen wooded homes and towards Muzaz Square, where dozens of citizens roam around buying items from differing stalls and stores. We pause on a hobgoblin merchant, cursing at the top of their lungs. You fucking ruined them. Do you know how much effort it took to get those silks? And you just drunkenly didn't even give a shit? So help the gods, I will make sure you never work in this town again. Wait till I get my friends. And he screams even louder, Thodrin, Brun, get them. Who's running in first? Hi, I'm Matt Walsh. Uh, Matt or Walsh is fine. I'm from the Table Party Podcast and Team Chaos Productions. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm playing a male hobgoblin wizard named Reese Valentine. Reese stands at about five foot seven or at 170 centimeters. He has messy black hair pushed back, almost reaching his shoulders. He is wearing military boots, dark linen pants, and a light cotton shirt. Around his waist is an assortment of belts and bags with pockets and patches on all sides. His face is young, still peach fuzz on his cheeks. His red crimson body is interrupted by patches of dry pink skin that decorate his limbs, neck, and forehead. Fangs and tusks peek out from below his wide nose. His goblinoid ears point far in opposite directions, perpendicular from the black slit pupils that sit in his yellow eyes. The bright eyes stand out from the dark bags below them. Okay, and where are you headed as you hear these two big bugbears called to come towards the cart? So it's our cart? No, it's the merchant's cart, and you are helping, and he is not pleased. So I think I'm just running out to just assess the whole situation. Okay. Figure out what is even going on. Um, you all were in a party together and just got back, but somehow the silks got ruined in the cart. Because it's one of your mistakes, though nobody has owned up to it yet. Okay. I have two bugbears coming straight towards you. But as you are assessing the situation, we will go to Anjali. Hi, I'm Kelly. I'm a longtime role player, and I'm eagerly looking forward to checking out this new world. Character I have is an Araneus rogue named Anjali, and our pronouns are she, her. And what does she look like? Dan's just shy of six feet, not including the large black horns that curve from the back of her head and sweep forward at the front. Her ivory skin is unblemished, except for an angular blue-black tattoo that's visible at the neck and extends down. Her lips and areas around her eyes make her bright blue eyes all the more startling. Luxurious silver hair shines in the light and is usually in a waist-length French braid. Her form-fitting dark leathers are worn and plain, but comfortable. Scuffed red high leather boots with soft soles allow quiet movement. It's usually her beautiful white feathered wings, however, that draw the eye. Their red tips looking as if they have just been dipped in fresh blood. And for her, she will take to the air right away, calling out, Reese, I told you that the drunken idiot was gonna get stuff all over the cart i think i am angry looking for that drunk idiot okay no no the the, the one that was in the alleyway just before we got here that ah uh, damn it i knew we shouldn't have left it unattended well as you hear this ash please introduce yourself in your character i am scald 
and I make TTRPG content chiefly pocketbooks full of all kinds of lovely traps and puzzles to make your players' lives more challenging. And I am playing Ash, who is an Ulfur fighter. So she's quite large. She stands a little over six feet tall and definitely built for that height as well. Essentially a kind of large anthropomorphic wolf. Her coat is white with the exception of black markings around her snout and kind of the tips of her ears and around her hands as well. And she has what is sort of the fur equivalent of tattoos. There are dark lines of fur that form swirling patterns down her arms as well. Her armor looks pretty well worn, but also well cared for. Um, leather buckles and straps here and there with some plate pauldrons on her shoulders. And she has a very, very large greatsword strapped across her back that has runes inscribed in it. At all the shouting, she's going to flick an ear and sort of get up and go to the back to see what all the commotion is about. Well, you see Angeline has flown upward and is pointing towards an alleyway where there was evidently a drunkard. And Reese is getting angry looking for the same drunkard. And you see two giant bugbears heading directly towards you. I'm going to stroll over between the bugbears and the cart. Not aggressively, just kind of planting myself in the general direction that they're coming. Okay. Haven. Hi, I'm Kel, the creator of Awfully Queer Heroes. I use they, them pronouns, and I'm playing Haven, a non-binary concubus monk who worships Eros, the chaotic goddess of love. They're approximately six feet tall with very long dark hair that has a scattering of greys. Not because they're old, because it's just a genetic aesthetic thing. People say, oh, like that salt and pepper look, so they have it because everyone said that it looks good. Their hair is tied in a series of Viking-style braids, which are held mostly out of their face with a clasp at the middle of their neck. One or two of them fall forward by design, though, again, so that make it slightly more aesthetically pleasing. They're wearing very long, dark linen trousers, very form-hugging, but loose enough that they can move around without getting caught up or anything. On on their top half they've got a very low cut white linen shirt and a dark waistcoat over the top of it that has slits down the back where their concubus wings come out from. And what do you do as you see the chaos? As I'm sat on top of the cart, I put away my flask of alcohol and fly up slightly and land next to Ash and go, what, what's going on? We'll slowly kind of look over to one side and just... <sighs> trouble of one sort or another i'm afraid ah right are we running or are we punching i'm i'm totally up for both i'm not entirely sure yet i'll kind of look over and see if i can spot reese see where he is i think reese has given up on looking for the drunkard and he goes to the silks and is going to try to uh, cast something in a moment but right now he's looking over them and finally we have hazarel Cesarel. Hi, I'm Mark, also known as the Mountain Troll Chief. I use he and him pronouns, and I'm also the uh, main voice of MTC Talks D&D over on Twitch. And I am playing uh, Zazarel, a bi-incubus cleric who worships Shar, the goddess of darkness and trickery. Or what does uh, what do you look like? He's about five foot nine, with short, gel-spiked, natural blonde hair that has small touches of platinum blonde showing through. They have a bluish-gray skin tone and golden-yellow eyes that resemble topaz gemstones at a quick glance. They are wearing light tan-brown pants that tuck into sleek chestnut-brown leather boots, which have a wide heel and a high arch, both for fashionable and functionable purposes, and adaptable to almost any situation. On top, he sports a long-sleeved white cloth shirt with a frilled front that is held down by a form-fitting blue vest with black pinstripes, and a small golden chain emerges out of the left vest pocket, which is attached to a small golden timepiece. The back of the shirt and vest also has two openings uh, around the shoulder blades that allow his feathered white wings to move from freely, and he's wearing leather gauntlets that match the color of the boots that stretch up their slender forearms, and each has a black circle with a purple border on the back of the hands. Right, and what are you doing when you hear this commotion? Zazarel would be trying to smooth things over with the owner of the cart. I would go, my fine friend, I feel like we can certainly talk this out. Uh, there's there's no need for, I'm going to point in the direction of the large bugbears, all of this. Someone is paying for my replaced silks, and I know that you do not have the money because I was paying you to protect this cart. So, either I'm going to beat the ever-living shit out of all of you, or you're going to pay me. You can make a persuasion check to see if he'll be willing to compromise, though. 
I'm gonna look over at Ash and Haven and shoulder shrug. It's like, are we handling this or are we negotiating? I'm happy with either. I'll just fly up and over a couple of buildings and take one of you not with me. Any option is absolutely fine with me. I'm always spoiling for a fight or some fun. Whatever. Ash, what do you think? Give Flashy a little toothy grin and say, you know what I think. I always like a good fight. Let's see, we kick their asses then. Reese is going to stick his head out of the car. Just hold on w- one second. I have a cantrip known as Minor Trick. And one of the effects of Minor Trick is instantaneously clean or soil yours or an ally's worn clothing. Does not work on items that are not being held or worn at the time of casting. So if I hold the silks, can I clean them? Or maybe an investigation or arcana check to figure out maybe if I can use this cantrip in a way to help in our situation? You, yeah, make an arcana check. That is 11. You have never tried to use it on silk. This is a very expensive fabric. So most people don't even know what it feels like. It's very soft, though. You kind of actually just keep like rubbing your hands against it without even realizing it because of how nice it feels. But it might work. Only one way to find out. Yeah, I think the tension's going too high. Reese is just going to go for it and see what happens. You cast the spell and the stains of alcohol that have spilled all over and darkened the beige hues dissipate. And the silk is once more pristine. All right, hold on. I'm just going to grab all this. Angelique, just tell them tell them it's all good. Then Reese is just grabbing all the silks to bring over to try to de-stress the situation as quickly as possible. I think Reese has got, got it at hand. Just cool their jets for a moment. Don't, don't start anything we can't finish. I will flick a wing around the back of Ash and just like slowly start walking forward towards the bugbears to put more distance between the carts and ourselves so that I'm just, we're spoiling for a fight, but if they dissolve the situation before we get there, then not a problem. I will be slowly walking with Haven. Okay. Oh shit, hurry up, Reese. Angelie's getting out her uh, bow. The bugbears continue to walk, but as the hobgoblin notices that you are making changes and they're like what are, what are you doing what wait did you just ha- you you cleaned it there, no there was a stain here hold on no wait wait okay let me just look them all over i swear if there's any more stain and he starts eyeing every single one of them folding them perfectly taking the longest possible time as the bugbears just stare down at you all but eventually he's like fuck they're all clean fine and he throws a bag of coins over towards whoever is closest and it jingles with about 10 gold worth which is what you were promise for your deed all right as they walk away what is everybody's passive perception 12 14 12 13 12. you overhear very briefly with the 14 the hobgoblin begin to mutter to them i thought we had him that time as they begin to walk away i'll uh land with the group by reese wait till the others get there and and just whisper in a low tone to them they set that up they expected us fail Hmm. where we're slightly further away from the team i will call out to one of the bugbears a nice lady bugbear before she leaves and go excuse me excuse me you happen to have impeccably manicured nails and my friend here is slightly on the single side and has zero game whatsoever i was wondering would you perhaps like to have dinner with her this evening and i'll smartly fold my wings in front of me like a little cape very dapper looking and just generally trying to be more presentable instead of I'm going to punch your face in. Roll a persuasion at disadvantage. Having overheard this, I am going to stare a few daggers at Haven. 13. They rolled a 12 and have plus zero to their insight. So and they look at you and they're like, really? You, you like my, I mean, it's just, it's just blood. It's so well maintained. I mean, have you not seen the, the, the markings on my friend here? She is impeccably groomed. And I flick a wing at Ash to be like, speak, speak. I'm very flustered at this point. I'll do an awkward half step forward and look back and forth between Haven and the bugbear and just awkwardly smile with probably too much teeth. Make a performance check. That's an eight. I rolled a three. (laughs) They are very impressed with your smile. The big, sharp teeth. They love it. They're like, you look like you could take a fight. I, 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 well, thank you. That's, I, thank you. And uh, my friend is correct here. You do have some very lovely nails on you. Again, it's just like if you kill enough people, blood covers them completely. You want to get some drinks? We could go to the fight ring down the street. That sounds lovely. Fantastic. I would I would love to. She uh, will walk over to you and you walk to the bar where there's a fight ring. We'll go with her. And I will smile and wave awkwardly over my shoulder back at Haven. I'll just give a really encouraging thumbs up. I'm like, yeah, you can do this. All right, so the bugbear has left. The other bugbear is with the hobgoblin, and you are down a party member as they go on a date 
to a fight ring. They've walked far enough away that you can't see them anymore, and the cart is with them, so they have the silks as well. So you wouldn't be able to punch them in the face either, even if you wanted to, unfortunately. But now you pretty much have the evening to yourselves to do with whatever you please. You got away with uh, not destroying something and got paid. So you're all two gold richer. I'm at a date at a fight ring with a lovely bugbear with great nails. I am perfectly content this evening. And we'll say that you got your two gold before you left. Yeah, Reese Reese handed it out, you know, making sure that all the rest is there. And uh, I think while he's distracted looking around and then noticing that Ash is just gone, turns to Zezreel like, are are you guys flirting with strangers again? Any port in a storm. Was that very wise, though? I mean, I overheard them as they were walking away that that they said that that didn't work. So they were trying to set us up. And now you just sent off Ash with them they were trying to set us up so i set ash up it's great i don't think that's the kind of setup they were trying oh really it there's another kind um and then i don't understand this once they begin to fall in love we can utilize ash to break the bugbear's heart as revenge for trying to rip us off is this what we're going for that's evil and i love it all coming together (laughs) angeli just throws her hands up fine Who's for the tavern? There's a couple I haven't visited in, I don't know, three, four days. Sure. Yeah. Reese looks very angry. Uh, We can't keep taking... At least jobs like this where they're trying to rip us off. You'd think that there'd be some kind of community or something with with everything, but it just fucking pisses me off. Someone walking by you, actually on the back, says, Welcome to Zygo, and then keeps walking. I think very awkwardly telling your waiter, enjoy your meal too. Like, uh, uh, welcome to Zygo. Is that the usual greeting? I don't know. Everybody else would know that it's not. Yeah, not really. I think that it's more like, well, you're here now. Reese? Yeah. Do you still have your wallet, my friend? I'm just going to check real quick. You do. Okay. It's on the ground, actually, next to your feet. Shit. I'm going to pick it up and just make sure everything's still on there. It is, because they rolled a natural one to pickpocket you. He, he's just going to kind of look around very awkwardly and just pick it up and hold it close to his chest and then just keep walking. And I'm also going to make sure I also have my spell book on me as well, just making sure it's all there. He's basically wearing a big fucking construction belt around his waist, so he is just going through all of his little pockets making sure everything is there. Everything else is accounted for. Okay, cool. That was kind of rude. He could have at least pointed out that you had dropped your pouch. Uh, uh, yeah. You know what? I've been thinking about getting one of those, what is it? The one of the wallet chains. I heard those were coming back in fashion. Just attach them. There might be a blacksmith around here that we can find and, um, see what they have available and what's on offer. Just going to keep my hands over all my pockets as we head towards the tavern. All right. So you are heading towards a local tavern. Mm -hmm. The Thirsty Fool is a nearby tavern that you haven't been to in at least four days. Sure. Is Are we going to the same one that Ash went to? That was a fight ring. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought it was a tavern and fight ring. It was. Thirsty Fool sometimes has fight rings. Okay. So the bustling tavern painted inside and out in bright colors is located close to the main entrance of the town. So it is a little bit of a walk, but you saw Ash walk that direction. And as you get to that point, you do not run into anybody else. But you do know that this is a good place to rest, a good place for drink, a good place to watch a fun fight, and also sometimes to get new quests, which is actually where you got the last quest you had. Ash, you arrive here with your date, who has introduced themselves as Vadrin. Lovely. And I would assume that I'd obviously been in here before. Yes, yes you have, especially with um, Haven as your friend. Oh yeah. So this being a fight ring, what what kind of fight are we talking? Is it an elevated ring? Is it a dugout? Are these fisticuffs type brawling or does it get more intense than that? It depends on the night. Tonight is usually just a fisticuffs. Whoever gets knocked out first is the loser. There are nights though, where at least once every two, 10 days that there is a fight to the death. And that's usually for those who are desperate for money to get out of problems that they have with other people. But tonight's just a fisticuff. We'll be enjoying the evening's entertainment. If my date, Vodrin, is getting into it as well, then we'll probably be at the edge of the ring enjoying a drink and just cheering and watching the fight. Okay. So as the rest of you arrive, you see Vodrin and Ash standing by the ring, each holding an ale 
bigger than normal size because this bar here sells them in different sizes since they have all different shaped creatures. And Bugbear got the biggest glass. They were very thirsty. You guys get there and you see that there is some empty tables. The fight ring is getting crowded around it. So you see a sea of demons mixed with hobgoblins, goblins, bugbears, Uranus, incubuses, ulfers, drow, etc. Everybody and anybody that usually is on the side of the monsters is here just having a good time. Honestly, they're just here to have a drink and have fun and relax after a day. Some of them are wearing armor and just look exhausted as if they had just come off the battlefield and others are just cheering around the ring, ready to pick their own fights. What do you all do? I will go in, grab a drink for myself, give a little salute to my compatriots and find the best located table where I can A, see the pit and B, see Ash to give like hand motions of scoosh closer or, you know, move in for the, the smooch or, or like grab her ass or something. Matchmaking tip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from a distance. That's going to go so great. It's like backseat dating. Except you're probably just going to get confused and be like, wait, what? Does everybody else follow to where Haven is? Yeah, I will go over to the bar and grab a medium-sized drink of some sort. And I will look back to uh, Angeli and Reese and offer to pay for their first round because Reese just saved our asses. Haven didn't think of that. Haven's just thinking alcohol help bestie get laid. Yeah, sure. Priorities. <laughs> Reese will take a drink and uh, and then he'll find a comfortable seat at the table with Haven. Anjali hesitates because as she moves through the crowd, she's very careful of her wings and the space that they take. She maneuvers them very well, but doesn't seem to like brushing up against people with them. So she's looking for a, a little bit more of a spot. She might just stand near the table. The drink she takes be a, a mead of some kind. That's only, say, four copper for everything. Copper for your drink, Haven. Thanks, Az. And Vajran paid for your drink, Ash. Nice. They wanted you to be able to bet on the fights. Gotcha. They're very romantic like that. So you all find yourself at the table and the fight is about to start. You see in the fight ring a Duragar and you also see in front of him a very lanky drow. And they are beginning to fight and they're, it's an interesting fight. They're very, um, the Durgar tends to just keep stepping under him and confusing the fuck out of the drow. And then the drow spins around very fast and tries to stab him. Eventually, the Durgar wins as he steps underneath his legs once more and stabs upward. And then the guy falls and ends up just passing the fuck out. And everybody makes a sound of like, oh god, why? And then there's cheering because somebody won money. Ouch. So first fight's over, but you guys continue to have your night and drinks and awkward hand met gestures at Ash, which whether or not Ash you're following them is completely up to you. I will occasionally just kind of make a very confused look in Haven's direction just along the lines of what? I'm making like squish together hand actions and it's just not go. It's not happening. At first, initially, I think you want me to signal the same thing back to you so I like make the same gesture back at you and then I kind of just Stop and stare at you slightly confused. Vajran does pick up on the fact that you're staring at somebody else and like, oh, wasn't that the... Eh, whatever. And then they keep drinking. Nice. They don't seem to give a shit, even though they rolled decently on their insight. So after a couple of hours, you guys can continue to chat if you wish or if you want to plan anything. But eventually, the loud orc walks in and hollers at the top of his voice. Listen up, everybody. I got something. I need volunteers. And he pulls out a piece of paper and he says, this is an urgent mission for whoever is uh, desperate enough for work. We need any adventurers. The tower has been breached. So now's your time to shine and become heroes for the chaos. You get paid very heavily for succeeding. I stand up instantly. I will look over to where Haven is and try to catch their eye and just jerk my head towards the who just kind of walked in and then I will turn to my date Vodrin and say excuse me a moment lovely I want to check this out seems like an interesting business proposal don't go anywhere I'll be back and then I will head over in that direction what about the other three Reese I think a lot of this whole time has just been at the table just writing or drawing in his spell book and when all of this happens he kind of lifts his head up for a moment and while he's not looking, the pen that he's using in the spellbook, even though he moves his hand away, the pen keeps moving. And then he realizes like, oh shit. And then he puts it all away. It's gotten his attention definitely. And he is getting up as well to check it out. Angeline Dazrell? Zaz would be definitely interested in the proposition of money. And as soon as that's said, his ears would perk up and he would push back his chair from the table a little bit and begin to stand up as well. Slower than Haven did. 
but also moving in the same direction. And Angeline? Angeline is just standing up already. She just looks at her companions as they seem to be focused on this new addition to the, the bar and takes her cue more from them than from what he said. What he said doesn't really matter much to her at this point yet. So you all walk up to the orc and he looks over at the five of you and he's like, okay, so y'all want to take the job? Take this letter, go see the fangs in the mercenary guild. They'll give you more details. Ash, someone's coming in on the left. Buddy, check him out the way, please. I will oblige. Just use my bulk to just... I'm, I'm hefty. I'm hefty and I'm going to use my bulk. Make a athletics check. That is an 18. Okay. They also rolled an 18. So they do shoulder you back pretty heavily, but you are able to step in front of them just barely as they get very annoyed at you and try to like shove their shoulder into your back, but you stand your ground. Just snarl over my shoulder a little bit. <laughs> Ash, I don't think we need another date at this time, I think. If, if you want to in the room tonight, I'll just get a different room. It's okay. We don't have to share for once. No, you're good. I think this takes priority. Angelie looks back and forth between the two, the orc and the other fellow, trying to figure out which priority she meant. The orc just goes, okay, if you're the first ones there, you get the job. Otherwise, you don't. So I hung these up in like five other places, too. I can pick up Reese <laughs> with consent. I wasn't about to do it. I was saying I can pick you up. <laughs> How many of us can we fly in? How fast can Ash run if no one can carry her? Okay, well, we'll figure this out. How strong are you? Haven. I'm pretty fast on my feet, so I can run it if you guys want to fly. Okay. My strength is plus two. Okay, Angeline. Mine's minus one. Fantastic. I need both of you. How, wait, how heavy is Reese? With stuff, 180. Okay. And Zaz. 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 Uh, my strength is a plus zero. I've got a 10 strength. Or you can fly too, can't you? Can fly, yeah. Okay. So between the three of you being able to fly, you can get Reese easily enough and Ash is able to run. Do you just leave immediately? I have to ask how Reese is being carried here. So like over the shoulder, is it like wedding style? I'm just going to put you behind my wings with your hands around my neck. Okay. Okay. Kind of like piggyback style like thing because you're pretty small, right? Yeah. Well, eh, he's like, he's like five foot seven. You pick him up and, and it's like lifting a child with pockets full of coins um, but and like random rocks and things because you just hear like all the jingling. You just put them on your bag. This is more hob than goblin. So you are all leaving? Yep. I am going to buy one of those giant sized ales. And before I leave, make my way back through the crowd to Vadrin and hand it to her and say, I have to go for business, but thank you so much for a lovely evening. Hopefully I'll see you around again soon. You will. Give her a little wink. Next time we'll join in the fight together. Sounds wonderful. That'll be three copper, by the way, for the beer. Give her a wink and then I will run out. Look at you learning. You all run out and three of you are flying. One's carrying Reese. And eventually you do make it to the very familiar place of the Fang's quarters. There's a mercenary guild and you all know where to go exactly in the entrance of the place. You see that there are some windows that are covered in rainbow panes, but the rest of them are plain. And the door is open. You do see at least one group ahead of you, though, waiting in front of the door. I'm going to land in front of them. I just like check my wings backwards and try and force them back a bit to make space for the others. Make a um, intimidation. Thirteen. See how well my dice like you today. All right, three of the four of them back off. The one that doesn't is a goblin who is just staring up at you, snarling and saying, "We were here first. Get the fuck back." And the rest of them have already backed up. He's like, "Right, guys, guys, we are here first. I'm gonna check where the others are. Angelio land hide haven. Yeah, I would have been flying down like very near you and landing pretty much like three or four seconds after you. Everybody except for Ash get there within like six seconds. Ash gets there about 18 seconds later. Running! I'll double check that they're all landing at the same time. I'll let go of Reese's hands from around my neck and then I'm just going to boot the goblin. Make an attack. I think that's an unarmed, unarmed strike unless you have a special ability. An unarmed strike is 11. You land solidly on his chest, but he does not seem phased by your kick. I, I want to use a minor trick again. I'm telling this whole campaign is just going to be me just trying to be as creative as possible. It is create a small sensory effect, such as an illusion, no longer than one square foot, the blowing of wind, rustling of leaves, 
musical notes or an unusual smell effect must be known to the caster i'd really like for when haven hits the goblin a little like squeaky noise sound like you've just stepped on a dog toy to happen and i don't want him to know where it came from so that he feels much more embarrassed and we seem a lot more intimidating if we notice that happening after the first squeak and if he looks shocked angeli would just like to lean forward and poke him to see if she can get the squeak again do a sleight of hand please reese Sure. That's eight. Okay. Oh, he got a two. <laughs> he doesn't see you cast it. So as Haven's foot slams into his chest, you just hear the squeaky dog toy noise and everybody just pauses for a second. And then Angeli, you reach down and poke him. You cast it again. Yeah, I will try to cast it again. Okay. I'll give him disadvantage. That's a nine now. I got a three. <laughs> so as Angeli pokes him, it squeaks again. And the three people behind him just start dying laughing. And the goblin starts to lose his cool and his very serious and tough and ready and then he's like what what's so funny no i, I that wasn't me i'll just turn to haven and go what if we hit him really hard can i kick him again angeli will flare her wings so that uh, perhaps reese has a little bit more cover for his sleight of hand Mm-hmm. What I have noticed, obviously, Reese has probably done this before around us, right? Like done some trickery with this magic before. Your passive would pick up on it. Good. Um, then I would put my hand on Reese's shoulder and cast Guidance as a cantrip. So you would add a D4 to a ability check of your choice. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, Haven, attack again. 20 dirty. Okay, that'll hit. <laughs> what is your damage? Just three flat. Okay, so you kick him for three damage. Reese, make another roll. That is dirty 20. So I rolled a natural 20 and then I had disadvantage because he's getting kicked in the face and embarrassed and I rolled a six. Amazing. I think though, if we're making it harder, it just has to be like a louder, more intense squeak. If I'm here at this point, you are. every time that he makes a dog squeaky toy noise, I'm going to do the thing where my ears perk up. Do you start growling? I'll definitely start looking at him like he looks edible. It's like every time he makes a squeak, just the way that when you do hold up a squeaky toy, the dog just gets mesmerized. I'm just going to stare at him. The goblin is looking around desperately trying to figure it out and his eyes lock on Ash staring at him, drool dripping down her mouth. And they're just like, you can have the spot. And then he darts off. Opera high five to Haven and uh, Reese. Oh, high five. You're at the front of the line at the Mercenaries Guild, the Fang's Orders, and you wait for a moment and the door opens and there is a drow who opens the door wearing a complete solid black uniform that looks very familiar. There is a little symbol of the Fang on it. They look at you all, eye you each up and down a little bit, and they're like, you here for the uh, tower? Uh, yeah. Good, great, awesome. Come in. We, we can talk inside. He looks very unenthusiastic. He does not seem to give a absolute shit that who is in front of the door. I'll walk in with the others. There aren't any seat, but there is a desk where he sits behind and you are all left awkwardly standing. And he goes, okay, so you know about the tower. You know that we have been at war for a while now trying to breach the path. So we finally got to the tower. We need to send someone with more energy to uh, go inside of the tower and explore and come back and tell us what they find. So if we need people with more experience, we can send them in after. You're up for the challenge. The reward is pretty good. Are we cannon fodder? I wouldn't use that word. Expendable scouts? You are learning, yeah. You're here to be the best to guide us. You would see uh, Zaz's face perk up at the concept of learning or exploring something new. All of our best are are on the field already battling and keeping that gate open. So we need to send someone. We are desperate right now. When you say that the reward is heavy and large, just how large are we talking? Well, it is the Tower of Order and Balance. There's probably plenty of things in there that you can keep. Yes, but what are you paying us? Because it... When you survive, it, it'll be 20 gold each. I'll kind of cross my arms skeptically, making my leather kind of squeak a little bit as I do. Is that not enough? Potentially an extra zero on the end for each of us. It is the most dangerous thing on, on this entire planet. And, um, well, you see, we don't really want to die. And if we're going to die, at least let's make it worth it. And of course, should one of us die, the others get our share. No, that's not how that works at all. But, okay, fine. If you are to survive, I will pay you each 200 gold. Are we paid per floor? Are we paid for the entirety? Like, do we have to survive everything? 
or is this go in, check out one level, get paid for something, go in, maybe check out a second level? Here's the thing. You're new here. Nobody has been in the tower. We don't know what the fuck is in there. So we can't tell you if there's multiple floors, if there's multiple things, what to expect. You're going in to explore. That's all I'm telling you, because that's all I got. Okay. It's just it goes very high. Like, I can't see the top personally. It could take us a year. I, I can't afford to not eat for a year is the problem. We'll deal with that as it comes. Wonderful. I believe my colleague had some questions. Reese, Reese, darling, where are you? Right here. I do. Th I mean, that was really one of my big questions, really, whether... Because I... You know, I mean, let's we could cut some of the bullshit. I know, like, you guys are not expecting us to come back alive. It is what it is. So... I'm really just getting the feeling of uh, you guys need more information on the tower. And... Uh, yes. Okay. All right. Instead of us using our absolutely godlike powers to destroy the tower and uh, a thousand year war imagine no i'm just kidding yeah we'll go check it out that was really that was really my big question you already had haven wonderful so here is a waiver for each of you he hands each of you a paper please sign it then we will give you a paper to allow you to enter the tower four weeks get to that, since it may take us time and we may be coming back out if we're able to, can we partially collect something at that point? Just to again let you know what we found? Depends on what information you bring us, but perhaps we can work that out, yeah. Alright, and do you have any supplies you can give us as we head in? I'm thinking something like a healing hmm. salve or potion or something. Do you want high or low? Low. Unfortunately, all our healing salves are out on the field. Our alchemists are working as fast as they can, but we can't replace them as we need them. But what I can give you is I can give you the supplies for five of them, and you can make them yourself if anybody's able to. Because we have plenty of the supplies, we just can't make them fast enough. I'll also give you each five days of rations. Wonderful, thank you. Yes, food. Speaking of, for my colleague here, do you happen to have any raw meat? I have dried meat. Supplies. Wonderful, thank you. I'll start the spice. Any other questions, comments, concerns, complaints? How many people have you already sent in? Persuasion check. Ah. <laughs> oh, this is going to be bad. And I would like to watch his expression as he answers. Thank you, because my charisma is terrible. That is... <laughs> That's a three. Enough. <laughs> None have come mm. back yet. Maybe you guys will be the first. You can roll an insight check on that if you want, Angel. No, I pretty much believe him. I'm going to look over the, the waivers that he handed out just to kind of see what the general gist of it is. It basically states that if you are to die, nothing is owed to you or anyone that is of your kin at all. And they are not responsible for any injuries or accidents that happen within the tower. And they will not be in charge of revivifying you if you are to die and be brought back. You are solely on your own, and if you have the ability to do so, then you can heal yourself. Oh, I do have a question. I, I'm sorry. I always have questions. Should we come back and we provide useful information? Can we renegotiate this contract? No, we might get a new contract if we decide that you need to explore further, but for now, this is the contract until you bring us sufficient information that we feel is worth 200 gold. Being as uh, you have relieved yourself of the responsibility of revivifying anyone who meets an untimely end... Could you potentially point us in the direction of someone who could provide those services should something go not so well? There are healers in the town you could go to. You would need to have the material for it, though. That's not cheap. I can tell you right now, the reward will cover two of the items that are required. So try not to die. Mm. Been trying every day. And so far successful. I have su survived 100% of the terrible days in this war. You have. Congratulations. It's a good statistic. I'm quite happy with it. Anjali will sign the waiver and hand it in. Yeah. Everybody signs the waiver? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He takes them, he puts it in something in the drawer of his desk and locks it. And he's like, fantastic. Here is your rations. He hands, like pulls up a bag and places it in front of you. And all the items that you requested. If you come back with sufficient information, you, then you can have at least one Revivify provided to you. Mm. Most generous. Make the information good. Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay. Any other questions? There. Compliments. Is there a specific like time that. limit? So if we take a day to, you know, like make a healing potion, does that come out of the paycheck or anything? 
Just making sure. No, no. The longer you're in there, the worse it will be, probably, but that's... We don't have much to go off of. Sounds good. Are you sending anyone else in as well? We have, as I specified earlier, we have sent some others in there. You may be the first to survive. But I mean after us. Will you continue sending them? If you die, yeah. We won't be accidentally running into any other adventurers and compatriots. Nope. Don't want to waste our time and money. Okay. I'm satisfied. Fantastic. If I do not hear back from you within a 10 day, I will assume you are all deceased and we will send in somebody at that point. So please keep that in the back of your mind. All right. Wonderful. All right. I'm done. You can leave now. Question. Is it day, night, in whereabouts are we? So the way that the sky works for you all, which you are very familiar with, is that it is always dark. Like there is some light, obviously, from the lanterns and the built-in magical options that are available but it is always dark and up in the sky you do see the green moon hovering above you you also notice that the lights have begun to dim which signifies that it is starting to become probably about what normal would be calling a time-ish area and so i'll say to to the person in that case we won't head there this evening because you know we need a good night's rest or something and we will go out first thing in the morning. So please start your 10-day as of tomorrow morning, not now. Yep. Wonderful, thank you. You're welcome. Now please leave my office and want to go to bed. Turn around and walk out. Follow. Very personable. Mm-hmm. We can't all be personable. <laughs> Did we catch his name? Nope. Okay. Nobody asked. <laughs> Did you say that on the way out? No, I didn't. Not unless anyone else wants to. I didn't think of it. If you asked the group, Reese was the one who said, nope, nobody asked. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, because I didn't want to come up with a name. So you all go to your, do you all go to your normal places of sleep for the night, or do you want to go somewhere and have a conversation before you go, or what would you like to do? I will ask if anybody can make potions. Be curious about the blacksmith that was mentioned earlier. If we could find somebody who could craft or sell or do something of that nature, I don't know if they would still be open at what is essentially nighttime. Hi, love. Uh, hi. They are still open. They stay, tend to work late, despite their neighbors' complaints of noise. Well, I would suggest to the group, I could use to pick up a couple of things before we actually retire for the night and set out in the morning, so that way we don't have to scramble in the morning. I'd be up for that. Like to come with me. Hmm. Ash, will you be joining us or returning to your date for, you know, a last tryst of the evening? I think I'll stick with you all, given what we're heading into. Wouldn't that be a better reason to chip off? I mean, under some circumstances, yeah, but also if this is my last night alive with my friends, I'd like to spend it with my friends. That's why I love you, dear. Ends over sex. Strange. (laughs) (laughs) So you all are going to the blacksmith together? Hmm. Reese? Yeah, I'm going to come. Anjali, will you be joining us? Might as well. Okay. So you arrive at the unyielding hammer where a goliath stands behind the behind the anvil and they are hammering away you know them as divi skydrifter a asexual blacksmith of the town who has learned the trade from her grandmother and has been working on the forge for the last 40 years so you have only known her but have heard rumors and stories of the amazing things that her grandmother has made as you walk in she stops hammering after a few minutes when the red hot metal has turned cool again and she places it back in the heat and she goes hello can I help you? I'll kind of just be looking around if she has any of the stuff that she has made on the walls and stuff, just sort of admiring it. There are some very gorgeous, intricate things that are built and that are on the walls. Things that aren't necessarily made for battle, but you can see that there was small details somehow carved into things and designed, weaved into like metal roses, and it's very beautiful. Lovely. And very sharp looking. Hmm. Yes, be so kind. I was looking for a normal-sized blade of sorts, rather than this cumbersome mallet that I have here, and I'll kind of wave to a mace that resides on my back. Well, blades I I can help you with. What kind? There are at least three dozen types of blades. Just a sword. They're not something too long or cumbersome, but just something that I could kind of dance around with a little bit. All right, one moment. She leans down and pulls up a giant chest 
and she slams it on the table with a thud. But when she opens it, it does... Have you seen the t uh, fish tackle boxes and how it like splays out? It does that, but inside is just beautiful swords sitting on velvet. And you see a wide array of all different types. She holds up, she's like, well, we got a dagger. We have... Uh, she holds up a sickle. Or if you want to go with actual sword, you can go with the great sword, which is probably a little too big for you. The long sword, or you want the short sword, scimitar, or we have this thing, and it's a rapier, which is your fancy. I would reach toward the short sword. And kind of... Okay, she will hand it to you hilt first. All right. I would take it by the hilt and just kind of wave it around in the air a little bit, make sure that it's not overly weighted or anything like that for my use and liking. Out of the years that you've been using the other item, this is much lighter. It is smooth. As you look at it, there is not a dent in sight on this blade. It is very well taken care of. You do possess an extraordinary amount of skill in your craft, I will say. And I'm kind of like swishing around in the air once or twice. How much would you care for this? Twelve gold pieces. Absolutely. I'll put the sword back down, kind of reach into a side pouch, and just kind of fish out twelve gold pieces. She takes the gold and slides the sword to you and also pulls out a sheath from under the table and puts it into the sheath and hands it over to you. Perfect. Sheath is free of charge. That's very kind of you. Can't make it rusty. Of course. If you ever need it sharpened, bring it back and I'll sharpen it too because I don't trust any of the other people around here to sharpen that blade. Anybody else need anything? Yeah, I think Reese is going to awkwardly walk up. How much for the scimitar? Scimitar is a little bit harder to work with and make, so it is actually about 29 gold right now. Mmm. Mmm. This is the way that the metal has to be forged in order to get that curve. Mm-hmm. 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 you have a budget? A little. How much for the rapier? Also about 29 gold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because mm -hmm. the thin point, you have to make sure the metal is just tempered the perfect way so it doesn't snap at the first hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll keep that in mind. They do have another short sword if you would like, or we have daggers that are more within your price range, potentially. Oh, uh, no, it's okay. I'm just gonna take a step. I'm gonna look back over at the blacksmith. Do you purchase items, or do you just make and sell? Depends on what you're selling, how good the quality is. I'm very picky. Can I kind of look at the mace and just kind of pull it off the back and just... Would you trade coin for this meager old thing? She looks it over nothing special. I will give you two gold, five silver for it. I can use it for metal. Melt it down. Kind of looks over at Reese. The want of a scimitar. Zaz, are you kidding? I've, I've seen you wield that thing like crazy. And then I turn to the blacksmith. I think it's worth a lot more than that. Yeah, persuasion check. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, hoo -hoo. It's a 22. Mm -hmm. It's the wrong dice. Okay, fine. Four gold. I can only sell it for five if I was selling it back. No, I understand. You have to do business. Can I kind of... Uh, can you pardon me one moment? I'm going to kind of lean down towards Reese. How much gold do you have? Do you really want that scimitar? No, it's okay. I used to work with one when I was a kid. I kind of was just... Uh, I'm probably pony rusty now. It's all good. Don't even worry about it. All right. And I'm going to kind of look back at the blacksmith. I think I'll hang on to it. It does have a bit of sentiment about you, but I appreciate your offer. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Anjali has been looking over the wares and items, not quite touching anything, but just admiring them. And once they're finished, she'll move up. Do you also fix small leather components or pieces with for the weapon? Uh, and she just kind of reaches down and shows where she has a a loop that goes around her rapier's hilt to keep it in its scabbard when she's flying that's broken? I don't do leather working, honestly. Mm. It's a deal that I have made with the leather worker down the street. Okay, thank you. I just make sure that all my swords have sheaths with them because I don't want them to get rusted. Perfect, that answers my question of do you have braciers, which would be a no. You do have exquisite work here, though. Thanks. That one right there, and she points to the rose one that Ash was looking at earlier. It took me 300 hours to complete. Wow. That is that is very impressive. The level of detail on it is, is absolutely gorgeous. This is the first time you see her actually grin. Like, she actually looks happy and pleased with the compliments. Make a small impress noise along the lines of... Oh. Yeah, that's my, that's my pride and joy. I wouldn't sell that thing for anything. Respectable. 
very much so. Thank you so much for your time. I very much appreciate it. Well, I don't, but my colleagues do, and I appreciate being able to look at the gorgeousness that is on your walls. Very much so. Hey, if you need anything, you need a weapon sharpened, you know where I am. And then she, uh, before you can say anything else, she pulls out the thing and starts hammering the new sword that she's working on. I'd like to pop to the leather worker just to see if they have braces. Okay. You find one called Burnished Beauty that is a few blocks down the street. There is a tiefling that is red standing behind the counter. She is wearing a corset and covered in her own work of leather. And she is currently sewing something in place, leaning in a plush chair as she is just behind the counter. When the bell rings and it opens, she perks her head up and you see the curvature of her horns have metal dangly gold and silver bits from them. And there are... There are leather cords braided into her hair. She goes, oh, hey. Good evening. It's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, pleasure is mine. Welcome to Burnished Beauty. How can I help? I wondered if you have any wrist braces at all. Oh, bracers. Yes. Um, she pulls out. She's like, well, we have this pair. And she pulls out a very, very plain bracers that have no decoration whatsoever. They're not the best thing, but they'll get the job done. And if you want something a little bit fancier, we have these ones. This is a beautiful black leather that is tanned perfectly from a beast of... I don't fucking remember what the name was, but it was a beast. And then we have these ones, and then it's carved with this beautiful, intricate, like almost Celtic style knots on it. And these are a little bit more expensive, but perfection, if I do say so myself. And she keeps going on and on and bringing out different types of bracers of all different sizes and shapes. Your work is stunning. Absolutely gorgeous. Oh, I know. Thanks. I have perhaps 10 gold to be able to spend on something oh, the best that that could possibly buy me. Okay, one moment. Picks, picks up, picks up, picks up. So there's three left. The first three. Yes. Would an extra two gold on top of that get me anything even more exquisite? Pulls back one more. Okay. What would that one do for me? They all provide the same amount of protection. They just look okay. nicer. Okay, for a middling one then. The middle one is the either the Celtic looking style yes. one. Okay. So that will be... I'm going to say just for funsies is 10 gold and you can treat it like a plus one shield oh thank you i will add a plus one shield and just for the stats and yeah appreciate it mm -hmm. anybody else yeah i'm i'm sorry it, it's probably way beneath your quality of work because it is also beautiful even those bracers but i do have a couple of pieces on my weapon equipment that need fixing if you could look at it and if you have a replacement that would be great Sure. Can show her the uh, loops for holding the weapons. Yeah, I can fix that. That's easy enough. That wouldn't be much. If it's just the loops, that wouldn't take me more than an hour. So excellent. Five silver. Thank you. She'll leave the weapons and and the silver. Okay. It takes her about an hour, and you're able to pick it up, and it will say that it was completed. Awesome. Thank you. Just so you don't have to leave and then come back an hour later. Well, if that's all, um, if you ever want some nicer armor, she looks over anybody wearing leather armor, um, you know where to come once you have the coin. I can do whatever design you want. I will definitely be back. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, and sorry, your name? I'm Anjali, by the way. Zahiri. How's that spelled, sir? Z-E-H-I-R-I. -I. Beautiful name. The creator of the Burnished Beauty. Name generators for the win. Otherwise, everybody's going to just be named Bob. Or Frank. How many Freds did we have in the last uh, game? 15 to last count. Makes it easy to remember, at least. Yeah, Fred had 15 children named Fred. It means that if you go up to someone and you just say Fred, you have like a 90% chance of being right. Right. And the thing was, he was originally named Frank, but we named, renamed him and all of his 14 children to, to Fred. They're like, what's, what's his kid's name? I'm like, I don't know. Fred. Fred. Like the George Foreman. <laughs> Well, Zahiri, I really appreciate your artwork and the skill that has gone into these. It is impeccable, and I am most grateful. If I could ever perhaps purchase you a drink sometime, as thanks. What persuasion check? With advantage, right? I don't know. I technically have it. Stupid racist. Fine, with advantage. <laughs> <laughs> as I ask her if she would be willing to have a drink with me, I realized that my belt buckle wasn't entirely done up properly and my pants fall down. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. Um, do excuse me. 
Awfully, awfully apologetic. Never mind, I will catch you another time for that drink, and I quickly pull them back up and leave. How did you roll? <laughs> one was a three, one was a five. I do have a plus four, so at worst case, it would have been nine, but... Mm -hmm. She just giggles, and she's like, honestly, I'll take you up on that drink one day. She rolled a two. <laughs> I will stop at the doorway, give a polite bow, and then get the hell out of Dodge. I'll follow out, and as soon as we're outside, I'll turn to him and say, Wow, even with the drawers down, you got that one. I'm I'm impressed. Probably because the drawers were down. Fair. <laughs> I think that helps, honestly. My ass. Yes. I have an amazing ass. Thank you. Yeah, that's true. You do have a lovely ass. Yeah, thank you. Should we get some sleep back at the tavern or inn if we're going to be setting out to whatever lies in way to the tower tomorrow? Or does anybody have any other shopping we'd like to do? If we're walking back, I'll just do minor trick just one more time as a joke just to make haven's ash just huge as an illusion just for a second just for a good laugh i will sachet that ginormous buttocks and work it as amazingly as possible angeli looks like she's going to do that poking maneuver again she did with the goblin <laughs> <laughs> don't touch the butt <laughs> she just looks at reese first and if you do it, it's going to disappear and a squeaky toy sound is going to happen. You're not squeaky toy my ass. He doesn't. No, the ass disappears. <gasps> well, I enjoyed it while I had it. Okay, so you're all going to bed? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I believe so. Do we have a specific sleeping arrangement somewhere? Uh, wherever you've been sleeping in town is fine. You would have something, either your own homes or you sleep outside or you sleep in an inn or... You Sleep in someone's couch. Ash and I usually share a room. Mm. I sleep curled up in a ball on the floor. We get a room for one, and then Ash is just like at the foot of the bed. Mm -hmm. Perfect. It's very cost-effective too. I sleep sideways on the bed and throw one wing over the end of the bed, so I'm like trying to give her a little blanket with my wing, and I'm just laying sideways with the pillow that way instead. <laughs> Wherever it is, uh, Angeli will practice her flute for a little while before bed. All right, roll the performance check. Fourteen. All right, pretty good. You're in the tavern, so they offer you free room for the night. Oh, thank you. Just think how good it'll be when I learn what all these holes do. You hear someone say that's what she said in the background. All right, so you all long rest. Mm -hmm. And wake up the next morning with the writ and the new journey ahead of you to go to the tower. So the next morning you all wake up well rested with your items in store and you have your rations, you have your water skins filled, you have your weapons and materials that you asked to be repaired and everything is ready to go. You also have the writs that were provided to you by the unknown person at the Fang's quarters to get inside of the tower. Now all you need to do is walk the tower's gaze to get there. It is morning, though you couldn't tell from the lack of sun in the sky, but the lights are starting to brighten as the day progresses into a hue of orangish yellow. And you all arrive at, we'll say, the same bar that you met at the night before. Morning. How is everyone feeling on this auspicious day? Ready to kill some of the enemy? Because I'll ever be. Yeah. About the same. And then I'm going to do big stretch. <laughs> oh, big stretch. <laughs> My initial instinct, because Ulfur was just like, that's such a big girl. That's <laughs> 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 Like, that's not what you should say. <laughs> just for you, as Ash is doing the stretch, I'll, like, scritch the top of her head between her ears. If you do that, my foot's going to start doing the thing. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Alright, so you all head out of Zago, the place that you've called home for quite some time, and the protection that it provides, or what little it does. You begin to walk the tower's gaze. The path, many of you have glanced at before, but few have walked this far because it is littered as you go across further and further with the remains of countless battles fought, whether won or lost. You see the dead of humanoid creatures that you've never or only seen once or twice in your life, potentially, as well as brethren 
while the victory calms you, the deaths remind you of how dangerous this war has been all this time. As the tower grows closer, it is almost unnerving how unbelievably tall it is. From far away, it seems like nothing. And as you get closer, it just looms overhead and you, f you feel the just pure existence of it start to tear at your sanity. The stench of decay and rot fills the air with every step and grows stronger with each passing moment. As you reach a better vantage point, you can see that the tower is perfectly linear and pious iconography. It is completely symmetrical in any form of way. There is absolutely nothing out of line or out of order. And to you, it looks hideous because you are used to the misshapen homes that you are all accustomed to, the homes that bleed family and bleed personality. And you find yourself sometimes looking down at the ground without even realizing it as the tower glooms closer. You finally reach where there are some people in armor standing guard. And this, ahead of you, there's a door of solid iron with various horrifying images carved into it, covered in paint. There are chunks of stone laying around it from where the entryway is forced into. You do not see any windows on this floor from anywhere you can tell. You don't see any other doors. When you glance above, higher up on the tower, you see that there are stained glass vaulted windows. Even from here though, the scenes that you can make out are disturbing scenes of potentially their history. You see regular intervals placed carved balconies that only shine those images stronger. And the images are of deaths of your kind. The battalion of troop holds the corridor leading to the entrance and the door itself from being taken back and resealed by the enemy. But now that it's been breached, there is no chances that the things are taking to let it go back into the hands of balance. You walk up and you see a spine devil in military attire and they uh, walk up and look you over, but not with the same animosity that the person before had, but more of a, a different look. And you can roll insight if you would like to see if you can understand the look that she is giving. I am so nauseous that it's everything I can do not to hurl on her boots. I'm very distracted by the tower itself. I'm not really paying attention. No, Reese is all in his head. He is, he's not paying too much attention either. So kind of not paying attention. Great. Anybody roll above a 10? Great. Okay, you cannot tell what emotion she has. It could be pity, it could be sorrow, it could be just annoyance that you are here like the other person. She nods and says, I'm General Asku. I hear that you are the new explorers that will be traveling into the tower. She glances you all over, and this time you can tell that it's a little bit of like, they're just children, like in her mind. And she just shakes her head and she's like, have any of you heard about the tower? Do you know the stories, the history, what we've learned? No more than anyone else, really. What we're taught in schools. That's all we know as well. We do know that there are monsters inside. What little we have explored, you will find traps. Please keep an eye out for those. We did not go far in because we were starting to get lost. So please, they look at all of you individually, locking eyes. Please make sure to take care of yourselves. And if it's too dangerous, please leave. I don't care what the Fang Quarters say. No one deserves to die in there. It's not worth the risk. You can come back, heal, and go back in. How have the others fared who've come this way? She looks down at the ground and doesn't say anything. Yeah. Are any of the rumors about the tower true? There's thousands of rumors. Plenty are true. It will mess with you. We have to take breaks from standing outside of the store. People get nauseous, start to itch, want to run away. Inside, there is... There are things that we haven't seen in a long time, but you'll find things. You'll figure it out. I have faith in you. Saying people were getting lost? How has that happened? I don't quite know. The few that have come out were scared of their lives. They just said that they were being chased, that they got lost, they hid, they were found, and slowly, one by one, their team was taken. Terrifying. Yep. Do you know how far anyone's gotten into the tower? No one has breached past the first level. I'm going to move off to the side, throw my guts up. She doesn't acknowledge it. I'll kind of just pat you on the back, Haven. A mage nearby snaps its fingers and prestidigitations you as you're done. I just kind of uh, mm -hmm. make vague appreciation noises and gestures at them. 
I think Reese is going to turn to everybody. I know that this is, um, you know, if we make it back, it's going to be some good money. But And he seems very, very scared, but very still wanting to move forward. I'm not going to try to pressure you guys into going into something like this if, if you don't want to. I need to go in there. There might be answers in there for me. She doesn't say anything, but looks questioningly at you. Well, I hope you can find whatever answers you need, though I'm not sure why they would be in the halls. What I will tell you, if you choose to go inside, well, first, if you choose not to, it's nothing to be ashamed of. But if you choose to, be smart. This isn't your standard quest that you would do taking it from the, from the bar. You need to think, you need to strategize, you need to be tactical. Don't run ahead without each other or you will get lost. That's all I can tell you. I will turn to Ash and sort of lifting my wings up a little bit to politely give us a small modicum of privacy in the crowd that we're essentially in and Mm. just say, we could avenge our families. We can destroy the people who destroyed ours. We have a chance for this. And if you're going in, I'm absolutely going in with you. I will be by your side every step of the way. I want them all dead. As do I. Excellent. And I'll like lower my wings back down and just carry on as if nothing had happened with the others. So, what say you? I'm tired of seeing our folk get hurt, willing to take up this mantle. I will go in. I as well. And I'll be right behind. Yeah, right behind. Holding that spell book tight. As you wish, there is the entrance. And as you walk towards the entrance, that is where we will end today's episode. Ooh, a tower of <laughs> souls. So many souls. Oh, violence, just call me. I've answered before. I made many enemies and settled my scores. But came a cry from a man that I'd known. Someone to whom rare compassion I'd shown. And so I opened up my door to the man who promised me blood and war. For I craved violence, I craved to be free from the people who wish to control me. Yes, I believe in anarchy's reign, and I know the dictators only bring pain. Oh, woe to the people of order, I hope your hope.